Hey listeners, I just wanted to tell you about this amazing apparel brand I've been wearing for a few months now called Defend. The Defend Fire FX Collection is made to provide protection and comfort even under the most extreme conditions. Their remarkable innovation in the product brings ease of wear and flame resistance in an incredibly lightweight base layer, providing you protection from the inside out. The Defend Fire FX product is extremely soft, providing 24-hour comfort. The shirts are even designed to stop those unpleasant odors we all encounter on the job. It also features a no-melt, no-drip technology that reduces heat stress and injury. If you're tired of wearing those uncomfortable, stinky, wet, 100% cotton garments, this is your new gear. Oh, and to the female firefighters listening, Defend has a specific line designed just for you. Okay, last plug. I not only wear Defend under my turnouts at work, I wear their fitness gear when I hit my workouts off the job. It's 24-7 apparel you can absolutely trust to get the job done. Plus, you look good in it, and you feel good in it. So go to DefendUSA.com. That's D-F-N-D-U-S-A.com right now and use code THESIZEUP, all caps, to save yourself 20% on your purchase because there's nothing wrong with saving some cash, looking fly, feeling safe, and smelling fresh. Hey, it's Pip from the Size Up by National Fire Radio here with episode 19. And the guest I have with me today, and in my opinion, needs absolutely no introduction. He runs an amazing podcast, Instagram page, website. He's teaching, going to conferences all over the country. And, and for all I know, maybe the world. And he's been a great friend of mine for a few years now. Jeremy from Crew First Culture, what's up, homie? What's going on, man? I appreciate that. I I definitely don't believe any of that's true, but <laughs> I, I do appreciate it. <laughs> well, let's go here. Wait, I was going to use this one, and I didn't say it in, in my little intro there, but he is a tireless advocate for the statement, leave it better than you found it. Is that uh, true? I'll, I'll be okay with that. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that, that I would be able to stand behind so and, we'll and go I with that too it, it's something you don't ever really promote that statement do you like that's uh no not not a remember. not really officially i guess no i mean i i think it's just like an underlying message to pretty much everything i try to put out there so yeah a little I'm subliminal gonna, i'm gonna say it's not subliminal and it is overlying <laughs> and if, if you're following crew first culture and you haven't figured that out yet then just you know bang your head against the wall a couple times <laughs> <laughs> somebody hit you hit you with a bat or something because it, it and it's such a great statement for life not just the fire service oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah in, in everything we do parenting you name it teaching go ahead yeah. it's your statement and i'm stealing it so go ahead no it, it is not i mean that's that's a statement that everybody needs to to grab a hold of it's not anything to do with me but you're absolutely right and that's i'm glad you brought that up right out of the gate because honestly that's what truly drives me you know i I do want to be a better firefighter i do want to be a better company officer and and help people in their fire service career but if that's all i was doing and all my purpose was that i felt i i wouldn't i I wouldn't be doing it still because i would have gotten bored of that 
truly what is behind what drives me is the fact that all of these things that I enjoy learning and teaching or talking about and, and just helping others and others helping me are life issues. You know, it's, it's leadership. It's being humble. It's being, you know, open and honest. It's being vulnerable. It's just relationships and connection and on and on and on I can go, but they aren't fire service specific. They are, they are human being specific. And that's truly my goal as a, even as a formal leader in the fire service, I, I do want to make better firefighters and, and a, and a better crew, but it, my goal is way beyond that. My goal is that we come together and make each other better people. And like you said, better husbands, wives, better parents, because that's that's what is truly going to make the fire service better. Not not just physically training, you know, on and busting out reps every day. That's great. You know, it, it's going to make specific firefighters better. But to truly make the fire service better, we we have to be better people. And so that's that's kind of the I, I guess the the un, not to say underneath again, but. That, that's really what drives me is that that total mission and purpose altogether. And 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 I love that, right? And it, it's crazy. It's crazy too, like how we met and how you know we started talking. But when you think about social media, and, and again, we both come up on in the social media world, and I talk about that a lot, right? But there was a point in social media where it was about sets and reps, let's say, when it came to being a firefighter, when it came to anything, you know, people were really getting uh, uber specific and leaving that life element out of it. And then you and I met on social media, but during the pandemic for this this little social media uh, uh, site or whatever you want to call it, called Clubhouse, mm -hmm. where there oh, were yeah. no more pictures, right? And it was just talking. And that connection came through for you and me and a lot of people that I'm still friendly with about it going beyond the fire service. And all yeah. too often it gets way too specific. Like being a firefighter is amazing, but it should not be your number one life alter life achievement, yeah. I guess is the word yeah. I want to use maybe. Right. No, And like, uh, not to cut you off, but like, cause I've had this conversation several times lately to do with that. I love being a firefighter. Just like you said, I, I can't imagine doing anything else. I'm not equipped to do anything else, but it's not, it's not who I, it's not who I am. It's, it's a, it's a vehicle that has allowed me to fulfill the purpose that I've been put here to fulfill. And that's to, to use everything I have, what I've lived through my experience, my opportunities on and on and on to add value to people and so the the being a part of the fire service has allowed me to branch out and serve that purpose that I've been put here for so that's kind of how I would describe it I mean it not to take anything away from being a firefighter but yeah if you're if your sole purpose in life is just the fact that you are a firefighter that that's, I think there's a lot of, of missed opportunity in that thinking. 
And that that is a great way to say it, right? It's missed opportunity. And honestly, I don't even think the folks that, that we may be addressing with that statement really even know that that's what they're doing. But they're just pouring in and pouring in and pouring in and pouring into the fire service and missing out on those other things. And that's yeah. why we have issues with marriage, issues with parenthood, issues with substance abuse, because you're so focused on that one mission and that one purpose. And that can very easily, and I think it's probably happened to, to you, as, and I know it's happened to me, take over and become the right. most important thing in your life. Yeah. Now, and it, this is something I've thought about a lot, you know, over the past couple of years is that the fire service is so, I don't know if unique is the right word, because there might be other, other, you know, careers like it, but it's so interesting for the fact that you can have people like that, like, like you're talking about people that are so bought in and so just, just they are eat breathe whatever fire service that's that's what they do and everything else has to take a back seat to that and so like you said that causes a lot of issues but the fire service also allows people to kind of hide out and and use it as a way to to collect money and benefits but not really do anything so it's almost like it it allows both worlds that are so far apart to exist. Just I don't know I don't know why, but they're they're polar. Really, extremes. neither side is good. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. they are polar yeah. extremes. You have I am absolutely hundred percent bought in. I do everything, and then you have I do absolutely nothing. Yep, yep. Working on my part time job and and all that, and and I I, I get some of it. I I do, and I I have. I have played on that side of the fence. You know, I have been the guy that has been checked out and and not fulfilling my purpose. I, I'm not saying I am perfect or that I don't understand kind of being in that, you know, that lows of the roller coaster ride of, of fire service career. But there's a lot of people that aren't just in the, you know, in that low of a ride. It's, it's, that's where they, they are. Them. That's where they have. Yeah. And they never come back. And that's hard. Yeah. It's hard for me to really accept that. I think they don't even see what they're doing. You know, that they think they're checked in because I did my housework today or I eat the meal or, you know, I washed, I washed the engine today type thing but they're not really bought into anything more than that. And no. again, you don't have to be like, <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's such, it's such like a dichotomy, I guess is the big word for it, where yeah. you have like, I go to every conference, I take every class and like, those people are really annoying too. <laughs> They're annoying. <laughs> not, not that it's a bad thing to take classes and to learn and to share your knowledge, but it can be way overbearing. Yeah. And I think on both that dichotomy, whether it be the, you know, the it's owners, renters and squatters type theory that's been getting pushed around a lot recently, which I really do subscribe to. Um, yeah. But they both don't realize what they're missing out of and those good parts of life that they're missing out of, because I have a feeling if they're that way in at the firehouse, they're that way in their personal life they're that way in their friendships yeah. or that way in their marriage. 
And even for the folks running a part-time, they're probably that way in their part-time job as well. So you're really yeah. not dialed into anything you're doing. Yeah. And that, you know, the, the, the thinking behind the people that are so passionate and like you said, the, they're so fired up and in your face, you got to, if, if that's who you are, you know, not that there's anything wrong with, with that passion and that drive, but you, you gotta, you gotta keep your audience in mind, you know, cause it's not going to do anybody, but you good. If you can't pass that on, you know, that knowledge and, and that passion and excitement and all that. And if you're coming in hard and heavy to every person you meet, you're, you're going to run most of them off before you ever get a chance to reach them. And so you just, you really got to pay attention to what that passion is leading you towards and, and how you're basically how you're path, trying to pass it on. That's, that's something that I've had to kind of understand or get learned about myself. You know, it, I can't go at everybody the way somebody probably would really speak to me would come to me. I, I've got to kind of taper that off sometimes. I feel like that that's such a great leadership lesson that you can take into anything in your life too. Oh yeah. Is tailoring yourself back, right? Because you know, you you have uh, way more kids than I have, let's just say in an easy way. <laughs> a couple more than I have. But it, it's like being a parent, right? You have to parent your children differently because yeah. children are different, whether they be at a different developmental stage in life, yeah. whether they be at a different emotional stage in life, or they're exactly the same. You still have to parent them differently because they're going to respond to each different situation. Um, and I think that's a huge part of what it is we get to be fortunate enough to learn as leaders, right? in the fire service for sure. Yeah, no, and I just speaking personally, but I, I, I feel pretty comfortable saying that, that this is a, a pretty widespread problem problem is one of the biggest issues that, that new station officers face is just the lack of preparedness for that right there, for being able to lead a group of different adults, you know, different, different sexes, different uh, past histories, family history, different ideologies, different ways they learn, different ways. I mean, it's just, you can make a million different scenarios out of just a group of five or six people. And so how do you do that when you haven't been taught really anything of those soft skills? It, and that has definitely been a, a learning process through lots of, of trials, errors, 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 and, and a few wins here and there for me, at least. No, I, I can't agree with you more. And a lot of what it's been for me is a lot of painful uh, tongue bites that I've had to oh, yeah. bite my tongue because I may not agree with what that person's saying, but as their leader, I can't let them know that as much as I may want to, let's say. Um, yeah. there's obviously a difference in what they're doing and what they're saying. You know, if they're doing something that is completely wrong or inappropriate, that's a different answer. Oh, yeah. what they're saying, yeah. and I liked how you said, you know, soft skills, because we don't teach those in life enough, not just in the fire service, yeah. but that's a huge part of it where like, just cause you're not happy on a plane doesn't mean you get to yell and scream about it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know you travel a lot. I've not had an issue on a plane yet. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to do if I ever do, because uh, I want to just be like, dude, you don't get it your way. Like, I'm really sorry, yeah. but 
those don't happen. So those soft skills are are super important and we need to all do a better job at, at learning them and and getting them out there. Yeah, for sure. That, like I said, that that's been one of my biggest challenges is just trying to wrap my head around it. And, and also like you touched on, we've, I didn't say anything in the intro, but we have a, a blended family. I've been married to my wife for eight years. She brought four in. I brought two in and I had also had two foster sons, which we adopted one and still see the other. So we claim eight kids Uh, legally it's seven, but we, we will claim eight kids and you claim some of some of them have moved out, you know, cause they, they aged out of our system, but, uh, (laughs) Man, I, I I can't tell you how much I screwed that whole situation up. You know, coming in as a stepfather for the first time with teenagers that she had. I, I didn't have teenagers yet, so I just totally blew the whole situation up for, for years. And now, luckily, I've been able to kind of mend some of those fences and, and rebuild some of those burnt bridges that that I created out of just ignorance and stupidity and and whatever else but that that's that was the problem I did not know how to connect with them I maybe even to the point where I wasn't willing at times to put the effort to figure it out even and so that just it, it moves right into the fire service you know are we are we truly first of all willing to do the work that is needed to connect with our people. And it, this, this is not a formal leadership thing. This is, this is a anybody thing. You know, if you're the lowest firefighter in the group, you, you still need to work at those connections and it, with everybody else. And so that's the, that's the first question. Are you willing to actually do that work, put the time in? Because it is work. It, it does take time. And then just figuring out how to do it and, and, enjoying the ride really just just enjoying the process of of getting to know people just it it takes a little bit to get used to for some people but it's so worth it you know once you get going so i i, I don't fault you in this teenage thing because uh because young <laughs> be 13 in uh two weeks here a week and a half or a week actually i guess when this episode comes out to the day this boy is something else, man. I don't even know. Yeah. He's not my little boy anymore. And I oh, get yeah. it. And it's confusing. And it's funny because Tracy will be like, is this what you were like when you were 12? And I was like, <laughs> I don't remember what I was like last week. <laughs> and you want me to remember being a, a 12-year-old boy in 19. 19- uh-huh. I can't do that. One. So you can't, anybody with teenagers, anyone who tells you parenting gets easier as they get older, is oh, just a great lie. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah, that's, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but, but that thing about, you know, adapting to, to the others around you, you know, I think it's a big deal because when, when you're new in a, a, a firehouse, whether you're a rookie or you're a transfer or whatever you are, when you walk in there, you're their new officer, you know, you have to adapt to them more than they have to adapt to you. And I think that's the best skill that I've been trying to convey when, when we get rookies on my shift is to say, look, you know, there's 20 of us and, and we all get along for the most part. 
you know, the, 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 yeah. there's definitely people that don't like each other. You're going to have that no matter what, but yeah. it's not our job to adapt to you. It's sort of your job to adapt to us. And then we'll figure out where you place into this. And yeah. I've seen some folks who uh, worked at that really well and adapted really well. I've seen some folks that just didn't give a shit and it didn't work yeah. out well for you. And then I feel like the worst kinds were like the chameleons that they just kind of blended because they knew they had to blend. And then a little while later, their true colors came out and mm -hmm. it never works for that group of folks. Right. Yeah. And, and, and one of the biggest pieces of what you said for me in that, that company officer role is you know, finding your place. You know, how do you fit into this? You know, we have, we've been working at, at changing severely changing the culture at, on my, at my crew, what, how, I don't know how you say that with, within my crew. For... You're, just adapt you're adapting to life. Yeah. Right? We, we say a culture yeah. change, right. And, and uh, it's not that it's not, but you're just adapting with life. Yeah. Like, we have to adapt and overcome. It's crazy. Cause we're so good at that. Right. That's what people we get paid to do. They have an emergency. We come and we figure out how to fix it. And that could be not an emergency. <laughs> It could be, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you name it and, and, and you can't uh -huh. it happen, but we're not so good at doing it when it comes to helping ourselves, right? Whether it be our crew oh, yeah. or even ourselves personally. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the biggest thing is, is just because, I mean, you can, if you're talking about a, a new firefighter coming in, you can sit there and ask them that, you know, how, how are you going to fit into this system? And they're not going to know that. They don't know how to answer that. So it's, another piece of it is helping them figure that out, you know, finding them a place, finding them a role, finding them a purpose within that, that group and that culture so that they can be an asset. And that's, again, that's just another little piece of this whole leadership puzzle that a lot of people, you just don't hear talking about, but it's more often than not, you, you just have to kind of hopefully figure it out over time. But yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's the can you make coffee question. And if you say yes, <laughs> cool, then it better be really good coffee. If you say no, we'll teach you how to make coffee. But after a few tries, if you suck at it, then I'm never going to ask you again. So either you're better <laughs> at it and you're like, I practiced this and I got better. Or we have in my last rookie group, we have one rookie. He makes really good coffee. And like I'm <laughs> to the point now where it's like, I'll make it if I'm the only person standing there. But if not, I'm finding him and being like, bro, come on. You, you, you do whatever you do yeah. works for me. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta find your little niche, man. That's, that's yeah, something, it, I guess. <laughs> it, it could be just that simple too. Right. Cause that niche yeah. means so much more. It's not just that he makes good coffee. You know, there's so many more things that translate to it. And, and I think that's something as parents that we're trying to teach our kids too, is that you're not going to be the best at everything and you don't really have yeah. to. I just want you to try these things, you know, try to be the best or try to learn how to do something better. Yeah. And it's the, I look at that, like, you know, little wins, you know, if you're talking about kids or if you're talking about a, a new firefighter, yeah, that's, that's a little win. You know, he, he or she finds something that, that people appreciate about them. They, they start to connect with him, even if it's something simple and goofy as that, that starts to build 
a relationship that starts to build confidence in them. And so we just, we just kind of feed off of that and, and take it and, and build off of, you know, even more. And you forget that too, from being a parent, you know, you've had little wins, like they slept through the whole night last night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Best day yeah. ever, right? Like they oh, held yeah. their own bottle win. I don't have to mm. do this anymore. Um, you know, as you grow and grow, it's like you wipe your own ass. Like that's when I said my kids were yep. cool. You wipe their own ass. I don't have to do that. <laughs> um, but you forget that as they get older. And you yep. to celebrate that as a parent sometimes too, where, you know, I mean, I try my best to celebrate every little grade or every little uh, accomplishment, but at the same time, not prop them up too high because this is also yep. your job. You know, your job is yep. to do well in school. Your job is to take the dog you wanted for a walk. Um, so as a leader too at the firehouse, I, I try to do the same things, maybe on a different level than my kids, although sometimes it is like dealing with my kids. So yeah. No, that that is something that I, I would say probably maybe just our personalities as as people associated with the fire service would be like, generally speaking, is the the little stuff like that kind of gets forgotten. It's you hear, you know, why are they getting that award? They're just doing their job or, or this and that. And, and I mean, I, I get it if it gets to kind of an outrageous point, but th there's a lot to be said about being appreciated and feeling appreciated. And so if, if that is something that you find important and, and something that you can do some reading on and find that a lot of people find it important, which you can, and it's probably something we need to kind of plug into how we go about leading. And again, that goes back to how you treat people, right? I just, it's social media, right? I saw something that, and I think it was from a post overseas and it had like hundreds of comments. So I didn't go into reading it, but it was about this guy saying that his uh, EMS partner retired after 41 years and just walked out the door. There was no acknowledgement. There was no party. There was no anything. and. I was about to click the comments and I'm like, well, that's your fault too, buddy, because you didn't acknowledge that. Yeah. Maybe you did, yeah. but you did not do a yeah. good job of that. Right. Yeah. But then, and it is EMS week currently that we're in. So I guess my, my feed is blowing up with EMS posts, but I did see that the FDNY did something for their EMS division about honoring uh, CPR saves. And they brought that they had 10 survivors that they brought back to meet the rescuers. That's just an amazing little thing. Yeah. It goes yeah. so far. Absolutely. And stuff like that is so, is so important because you know, as well as probably most people even listening to this is how, what is the percentage of those people that we run on in that situation that are even able to stand on the stage or whatever they're at and, and say, thanks, not very many. I mean, we don't get, we don't get a very high percentage of, of saves back. And so that right there, it, it tells us that that is a very important piece of our job. That's one of the most important pieces of our job. And so if, if we can't even celebrate a, a win that is that significant, then it, we, we have a lot of other things that we definitely aren't celebrating too. And that's for us, that's been something that's been very frustrating just as a department whole that we've had lots of saves like that through the years and nobody really documents it. Nobody really ever confirms it. 
And it's, it's just, you know, okay, it's, it's great if every once in a while you hear back and, and know that they're doing okay. And sometimes there's, you know, something set up to where they come and, and get to meet the, the crews and things like that. But it just doesn't happen very often because that information, you know, you, you got, you got HIPAA tied up in the middle of it and you got it's been the worst public agencies and private agencies. It's just a, it's just a mess. So yeah, that those things are, are very, very important. And it's such the simple things, you know, I remember a few years back, um, we're standing there in front of the firehouse and a, a guy came up and he started talking and he was saying how, you know, firefighters here at, from uh, my department uh, saved him. He got burned and he showed us he had burns the entire part of his chest and it was the guys that were standing there. It was my company was part of that. I was on vacation that day and he had no idea it was them. They had no idea it was him, but it just meant so much. Just that little bit of that minute oh, yeah. them. And even after he left, you could just tell like that feeling. I mean, I'd standing taller and yeah. yeah, just everything for those little acknowledgements. Like, and, and then again, we can play that dichotomy of being on both sides of the fence. You have the people that are chasing the awards. Like I went on this many calls last year and then you have the people <laughs> that don't even want the acknowledgement for the amazing thing they may have done. Um, yeah. Or even the simplest of things they may have done. And all too often in, in the healthcare field, you know, and we're kind of still with EMS here for a few minutes, you know, they get that in the hospital because they spend way more time with their patients there. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, you know, the, the paramedics and the EMTs who are with them for literally as short as we can possibly be. Yeah. <laughs> Part of yeah. our mission is to spend the least amount of time with you. With <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just kind of sucks that they never go back to get that acknowledgement, but I don't think a lot of people are looking for it. I, I don't really get that, that feeling most times. But I think, I mean, if you really, if you really dig even further into it, do you not think that that's healthy on both ends? Do you not think that those people view that as something that, that they enjoy and that they want to do? go back and, and see these people that gave them a second chance at life. I, I feel like, and I, I can't speak any more than just my, my guessing, but I feel like it's going to do those people that were on the, the uh, receiving end of that just as good inside and mentally and emotionally as it is the, the people that were doing and giving the treatment. So, you know, it, it's not just a one-sided thing. It's not just a, let's let's get credit for this because we want to raise ourselves up i mean it's just a it, it's just good it's just an amazing good thing to do so so yeah. my wife uh and i ran a 5k a few years back thanksgiving day and uh i've run faster than my wife she just got a knee replacement so we'll see what happens <laughs> bionic knee once it once it's it in full gear maybe it'd be like a, a cheat mode um but you know she wasn't coming like i was like where is she so I started running back to find her and I found her doing CPR on someone uh, mm. like a half a mile to go in the race. Her and um, a nurse had stopped with people still running by them. Um, this is more my wife than me. I did jump in and took over and started doing CPR because uh, she had already been doing it for a while and had almost finished the 5k. So she was super tired. Um, <laughs> you know, PD showed up, EMS showed up, fire showed up. Uh, this gentleman 
she got him back. They got they had a pulse uh, when they arrived. I think he got one shock. I, I could be wrong though. Uh, we finished the five k. I tried to find out some more information from the local fire guys, and they again were you know HIPAA and this that the other yeah. thing in private service EMS. But um, through her brother, we were able to find out who he was, and we're still friends with him today. And that was That's like cool. six or seven years ago. Yes, yeah. it was a long time ago. Um, but like you said, he was so appreciative of her and she was so appreciative of him. It was amazing to see it, especially not in a work environment where we were just, yeah. you know, running a 5k yeah. on Thanksgiving, you know, some, some people wake up and drink mimosas. We woke up and ran a 5k that day <laughs> and, save lives. <laughs> and sort of save lives. Yeah, it, was, it was more crazy. It was even crazier when the cop showed up, he didn't have an AED. Like there were, there was no AED until EMS got there. And I even sent another cop showed up and I like looked around and I'm like, there's a hotel, go to that hotel and see if there's an AED there. Mm -hmm. No one was coming. Yeah. Very strange event. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I think he got more out of that than even we did. Because oh, yeah. she gave him a second chance of life. I'm thank like so talk about being thankful. So every Thanksgiving we get a, a message from him type thing. That's cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty neat. And you know, again, going back to just connections. You know, if if you didn't do that behind the scenes work to to figure figure out who it was and 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 connect with them, then that would that would be another lost opportunity like we brought up earlier. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. And the adrenaline dump, uh, the post CPR adrenaline dope when or dump when you're not at work and it happened <laughs> on a holiday. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It, it was an interesting time when we finally got back to the house and we're like, wow, this all just finally happened. hit you. Yeah, yeah. Like it had actually been her second. She had a bystander CPR save. Um, like when she was in high school, like she was a rescue wow. squad cadet. And was walking home from school and uh somebody went down so she's definitely uh -huh. she definitely got the touch on that end yeah if you're going so. down you want her near you <laughs> yeah. not me so much what's up listeners as many of you know footwear is really important to me like really important not only for my job as a firefighter but also for fitness and of course fashion yep i said it i love a new pair of kicks I knew Hikes makes both structural boots and really awesome station boots, but they also make shoes too. And obviously, I had to try them out. Quick review, I absolutely love them. How they feel and how they look. I walked five miles a day in them at FDIC with no issues at all. These are my go-to station shoes with an added bonus. I can even work out in them. So do your feet a favor and check out HikesUSA.com. That's H-A-I-X-U-S-A dot com. And tell them the size up sent you. But I think, again, like, it's these people connections, right? Yeah. And that's what you and I were able to make all because you decided you wanted to change a gear room in your firehouse and, and make it a better place. <laughs> but it, I feel like it's lost, like trying to make these connections, trying to stay as humble as you can. And look, there are people out there that, that don't think you or I are humble because of what we do on social media and how we put yeah. ourselves out there. So, so that's yeah. a big part of it. And I feel like you've definitely come out from behind the curtain since you started more, correct? Oh, absolutely. This is, if shoot, the person I am today is, is way different than even three months ago. But when all of this started, yeah, absolutely. I, I, 
pretty much drag drugged myself into doing even just starting an Instagram page, not not even not even mentioning what it took to talk myself into doing a, a podcast because I just I'm not like that. I I've been afraid of public speaking my entire life. And now I look forward to the next time I get a chance to to stand up in front of people and share, you know, share my message. So it's it's definitely it, I don't even really even know how to describe it. It's just incredible the the amount of growth and the difference that that I feel I have gained, you know, through the past couple of years for sure. Well, and you're appreciative of that growth. You know, I, I can't oh, agree. Yeah. You just said more. Like I am so appreciative of what I've learned from doing this, from doing all the things that I've done and how I've grown into what I feel like is a way better person than I was like you even oh, said yeah. months ago, you know, just coming back yeah. to the podcast in the past month has been amazing. And I want to just keep doing more and more and yep. more of it, even though it's really, really, really hard. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Yes. It's, it's like, you know, I, I, I hope I don't butcher it, but my wife sent something on just to kind of post something on Facebook a while back. And it said, you know, don't, don't claim to be somebody that wants growth and strives to be better. If as soon as the growing pains show up, you start running and that's, that's kind of paraphrasing it, but that really kind of punched me in the face because it, that, that, that was me or that has been me. And it's still every once in a while is me. I, I speak all the time about daily pursuing growth and, and always wanting to learn or grow or, or do something better than yesterday. And there's a lot of times that when that, you know, that, that discomfort or that pain or, or that stretching or whatever I feel, it makes me kind of, oh, maybe this isn't what I want today. And so am I truly that person that wants it or am I just somebody that says it? So that that really has kind of kept me in check as far as walking walk, I guess you could say, with with the message that I, I try to share as much as I can. No, and and that's again why we have our friendship, you know, and that that which is such an important part to have people to bounce things off of that aren't in your immediate friend group or aren't in your yeah. immediate area or who may be going through the same exact things you're going through. And that's what makes us grow more. You know, and when you hear people talk like about going to to conferences or and it's it's <laughs> It's so cool because so we were just at FDIC, right? A few uh, yep. ago or so now, however long it was, I can never remember. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we got to meet, which was amazing. Like in person, there's actually a person, yep. just a, a voice on the phone or a face on the computer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but when, when you leave a place like FDIC, you feel rejuvenated and you're so excited. Oh, yeah. And I was yep. just with my wife at her convention in Nashville, and she's a physician assistant. And so many people said the exact same thing. Like, this is why I became a physician assistant. This rejuvenates me. And yep. oftentimes as firefighters, we think we're the only ones that feel that way. And it couldn't be the furthest from the truth, if you ask me. Yeah. And that's interesting because honestly, I, I'm probably one of those people. And it, it's just because I don't know. You know, I, I I've never really talked to anybody that has experienced a you know, a conference type thing with their career. So 
yeah, I, I, I would say that that's kind of how I've felt in the past, but it, it is really cool just to hear, hear you say that because I, it, it makes me feel good about other careers, you know, that, that I'm not doing, but somebody's doing it. So yeah, it legit, I hope they enjoy it. Yeah. It was unreal to hear someone say that to her. Cause I was just like, yeah. wow, these are the same thing. And it wasn't just one person. Yeah. You know, if it was one person, I would be like, ah, that was an awesome, yeah. but yeah. it was the same way. And they were just, just like us. They were so happy to be together and yeah. to be sharing different things. And, you know, she spoke to a room of over 200 people and she couldn't walk more than five, 10 feet without someone stopping her that was in her class. And I was like, oh, this is just like I see what folks at FDIC, like are at a fire conference. Yeah. Like, this is so cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. And I think it reminds all of us why we really started doing this, you know, in, in whatever field you're in. But that's a big part of it too, is, is I guess it's staying humble, right? Stay humble and kind, like the song says. But that's something we always have to remember. And I'm consistently reminding myself of. Yeah, and that, you know, I, I know one of the the things that you want to talk about is the the class that I was involved with here last week. And so we'll get into that. Yeah, 30, 30 as well, minutes, but 36 minutes of uh, talking about what we said we were going to talk about. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. But but it honestly, this is the perfect seg segue into it because, you know, I, I kind of briefly mentioned just me three months ago is is un it's not the same person as it is today and and this group of people that I shared time with last week is the reason for that it is truly amazing the journey that everybody is on but I know my journey and it's truly amazing just to watch it all play out so to, to just kind of lead into what I'm talking about in, I believe it was end of February, I spoke at the North Florida Fire Expo, which was in uh, Okaloosa, Florida. And Rick George was there. I don't know. Have, have you met Rick? Yep. No, Rick. Yep. 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 Somewhere I love, there. I love yeah. Rick. I've, I've been texting him and kind of like you said, you know, I, I texting him and calling him and all that for really years. And I've never physically shook his hand. And so I knew like he was going to be there. Like an OG into what you and I did. Absolutely. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I knew he was going to be there. And so just as kind of like a, a side mission for that trip was to, to make my way to wherever he was at and, and at least meet him. And so it just so happened that their class was on the same day as as mine, so I couldn't couldn't hang out there very very long. But I got up super early to to make it out there. I got to meet him, and then I had a chance to to sit and just kind of take it all in, all they were doing, and you know, and and his his group of people that that are instructors, and I was just blown away because you know these people from every measurable way a human looks at somebody are strong people you know they're 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 strong just visibly they're they're people that are just strong mentally and you see that very quickly but then you also very quickly see how vulnerable they allow themselves to be to help these students basically do it themselves you know it's it's almost like a, a buy-in i'm i'm showing you my deepest wounds because 
throughout this class, I expect you to do it for me. And so it was just, a, it was crazy to see that. I, I had never admired a group of people that I just met so much in my life. And I, I just took every little opportunity to kind of get with these people and, and introduce myself and talk to them. But, you know, that was what, you know, at the end of February, well, last week I was teaching the class with them. I, I didn't know any of them except for Rick before that. And now I am teaching with them. And, and that, that trip to Atlanta to Massey was, it was just incredible the connection level that those people, you know, they, they get a bed and breakfast where every, the whole cadre, which is 10 to 12 people can meet and spend time together and, and connect. And it was just amazing. You know, it, it made me feel like multiples above what you're explaining. A normal conference makes you feel, you know, just, it, it was, it was awesome. But being around those people and seeing who they are has has really been a huge turning point in my life. And so that's, again, going back to that. If, if I didn't take the time to go meet Rick, none of this would have happened. If I didn't, you know, put myself out there and introduce myself to the other guys when I was there, maybe none of this would have happened. There, there's so many variables and balls in play and, and plate spinning. You just never know when those opportunities are going to arrive. And, and that's kind of my goal is just to try my best to take advantage of every little opportunity that comes up, even if it's, you know, something very minimal. If, if I can make it work, it's, it, it, you just never know where it leads. Do what? Plate spinning. You literally described it as plate spinning. And that is yeah, I, what it is, right? Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And you took that chance to meet them. And, you know, I think the, the key thing, too, you, you said in the beginning is that they're showing, as a cadre of instructors who are very well known within the fire service, they're showing their vulnerabilities to their students so that their students will show their vulnerabilities to them. And yep. that is probably one of the best ways to instruct, in my opinion is saying like, I've made mistakes. I'm fortunate to be the person up here teaching, but I'm going to learn today too. I'm going to learn oh, yeah. from you. I'm going to learn with you. And I'm hoping that you are going to learn from me and learn with me as well. And I think with the class that you're describing, you know, that that's the key takeaway, correct? Absolutely. And it's, it, I, Talked to my my crew, you know, a couple of days since I've been back, and I've said it several times. It's just hard to describe this class, so, but I want to try, and I, I don't want to spend any other time talking about me because I want to give this class some some give it some, some time. So this this class is a twenty four hour class, and and by that I mean twenty four hours straight. So at in Atlanta, we started at 8 a.m. on Thursday. We finished at 8 a.m. on Friday. It's it's literally nonstop once once we get going. And a lot of people kind of maybe look at it like, oh, this is just like a smoke diver or or something to where you're just going to get beat on the entire time, and all you got to do is withstand it. And it's it's so far from the truth. It, it's 
it's not about withstanding the the punishment and the the effort that you have to exert it's all of that is is there i mean they wear these people out really really wear them out but that's just a tool to it's just a tool to get to where they need to be for us to help them as instructors that that working and and exertion over you know the first 12 to to 18 16 hours really starts to break down the physical ability to overcome things and 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 compensate for things and once that is gone then all you have left is the mind to work with you know their their physical body has has failed them so now it's our job to work on the mind because there aren't obstacles in the way it's just you and the student's mind to, to work with. And so that's what it is. It's building. And so the class is called Developing High Performance. Uh, I think almost unlocking human potential would be maybe even a, a, a more on-the-line name for it. Is That's truly what, what they're doing is, is showing people how to be resilient, how to, to truly last a career and come out in a good way because there's so many of us that aren't so many of us aren't really even making it to the end of the career for one but getting to the end of your career and just aren't in a good place and so it basically if if you've not read the book developing firefighters resiliency so that book was written by bob carpenter dave gillespie and, and rick george and so a lot of this class is built off of that book. And if you haven't read it, please go out and read it because there is lots of good information in there. But they now are kind of partnering with yoga's, yoga for first responders. And I don't know if you've uh, worked with them or, or met them yet. Pip, have you? I have. I haven't uh, specifically done too much just, with them, but I've I've spoken to them and we've tried to get some stuff off the ground. It just never yeah. flew. So so they kind of work in conjunction and and partner together in this class, and it it's just back and forth all day. You you go sit down in the classroom and and you we talk about a, a certain aspect of of what we're going to be working on. Then we'll go out and and you they'll do yoga. Then we'll go in the classroom. Then we'll go out and do some SCBA work. And so it's just back and forth all day long, but they're learning how to cope with the stress. They're learning how to cope with the anxiety and, and all the stuff that's going on inside us when we are at the end of our, our rope, when we are at the edge of what we can handle. And so that the yoga part of it is, is really, I feel almost what kind of cements all of this together because it, it truly incorporates the breathing and the mindfulness and and all of the the stuff that you're basically trying to synchronize your emotional mental and physical systems together and and having that yoga in play really helps the students understand how to put it all together and so they're they're doing yoga in full gear they're doing yoga on air you know we're we're running through mazes and wire boxes and all kinds of evil con contraptions 
you know, on air all night long. And, and until we get to the point where we see them start to struggle, we see them start to get frustrated. And then it's our job to do our job. You know, we step in and start talking through breathing techniques. We start talking through anchor phrases and, and, and things that are going to mentally get them to that next step. You know, we talk about segmenting, which is basically when you're in that time of, of struggle and trial, sometimes all you can do is just break it down into little pieces. You know, if, if you're stuck in a wire box and you want to get out, what is the one thing you have to do right now? What is the one wire that's holding you up right now? Okay, find that, get it off. All right, next, what is now holding you? And just so many different tools that are so critical for the fire service. And you just don't see a lot of opportunity for people to learn about them out there. And so, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about everything they're doing in that class that the the perception may be way different than what the truly good that can come from it but well, that's kind of that's kind of what I want to talk about people see go the, ahead what right people see the, oh yeah yeah they see like yeah. I said to you like you're in a class that's going for 24 hours how's that going type thing yeah. um, and and you see that but to truly unlock that potential you do need that bit of a physical beatdown. I think what you're telling me and you're, you're telling the listeners about this specific class is that they're not just there to beat you down because that's really easy. Trust me, I've, I've, I've beaten people down. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I've beaten people down in fire ground training. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I can kind of do that fairly easily. It's an it's a easy skill for me. But it's when you want to build them back up and how you're yeah. going to let yourself be built back up. And you truly can't get there until you're that exhausted. You know, like you truly, it's one of the, the things that I found the best when I did a 16-hour go rock was that, listen, in the beginning, it was a straight PT beatdown. And like, mm -hmm. man, the grinder and, and people left. There were definitely people that left and I was definitely not happy, nor was anyone. But over time, because you're so beat down, you start to learn all those different skills. Yeah. I think like you said, if you're stuck in a wire box, you know, it's easy to keep trying to bowl through it. But if you're yeah. already physically beat down and you can't bowl through you don't have that. Yeah. You just don't have Absolutely. it. And there's days yeah. where we just don't have it. You know, I make a I tell a story about uh, being at a really bad fire, going back and forth to the roof and finally being like, I can't hold the K twelve anymore to climb the ladder. Yeah. Someone else has to do this. I physically yeah. can't. Um, and you get to that point where, all right, well, if you can't, who can, and if none of us can, how do we get the K-12 up the, to the roof? Well, we do that thing they taught us in fire one with that magic rope, you know, that we all tend to forget, yeah. <laughs> but, but you need to be that beat down to get there. And it sounds like those are the tools yeah. that they're, they're given the folks, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so just like one aspect of it is breathing and it, it's huge. Just, just being able to control your breathing and the benefits that you will get physiologically by breathing properly. And that's, like I said, a huge part of yoga, but it it's really the, the base of this class. And we have them all wearing heart monitors the whole time. And even in, you know, the SCBA uh, drills where they're 
on air and working through things, we give them a time, we give them time sometimes if, if we see them kind of starting to, to wear down to, to pull their sleeve back and you know, what, what's your heart rate? We'll ask them what the heart rate is. And if it's, if it's up there in that top range, which we, we, which we watch, then we give them a chance to work on some breathing techniques. And it's, it's so impressive to sit there and see somebody that's banging out 180, 190 beats a minute, stop, take about three cycles of a, a box breathing or triangle or recovery breath uh, situation. And it drops them 30 to 40 heart, you know, beats a minute. It's, it's, it's really impressive to see the body work if, if you can just use the tools. And those situations, those are when it's so critical. And, and you can't use those tools if, if you don't know really how they work. And so that's, you know, that's the, you know the most impressive part of it. You know what I'm really What's good that? at breathing like that? You're like when what? I'm really, really good at breathing just like that? when I'm doing yoga, not when Absolutely. I'm throwing ladders or doing a search. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, I, I will say I've worked on it, you know, again, meeting people like Rick and, and yoga for first responders and just all the different people I've talked to in classes I've been able to take. Um, I, I have gotten way better at controlling my breathing, but I know I could do a better job of it. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, that's the best way to to learn it is to actually do it and you have that skill forever right it's the same as yep. starting a saw or you know forcing a door you learn it you drill it and you do it forever being put in situations like that in a controlled environment just another way to learn it and bringing yep. your heart rate down you know the first thing i do at the end of a workout is i look at my watch and then i see how long it takes me to get down from my yep. high to my low and going back to the early five, five, five fitness days, they just being two dudes that like to work out and not even realizing how important the post-workout recovery was to our success as firefighters, our success as leaders, yep. and going to that end game of the career, um, which I am way closer now than I was when we started five, five, five. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's, that's, like I said, it's it's so important to not only just for your safety in dangerous situations in a you know a burning or dilapidated structure, whatever, but again, like I started this whole thing off with, that those breathing techniques can be brought home when you're about to lose your temper with the the spouse or the kids. And, and you know, it's it's really important to try to do that stuff. And, and it's funny maybe hearing that, especially if you don't truly understand or, or never really practiced it, but it's, it works. It, it, it truly works. And so, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And, and I think something too that, that yoga for first responders is, is doing is, you know, folks think of yoga sometimes and they think like you're joining a whole religion or a whole. Yeah. Family. Yeah whatever you want to do and in reality it's all about you yoga is all about yep. you and your body and your acknowledgement of your body and what it can and can't do and the potential you can unlock and i think that's something they're probably doing a really good job of because even decompressing after a call and using breathing yep. 
doesn't have to be a physical thing, a mental thing. You know, I'm learning that from, from riding the car more and not really doing much physically, but doing a lot of mental work. Yeah. You know, I find myself in the office at night, just kind of taking some nice deep breaths with my eyes closed um, to prepare myself for what's next, I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah. They're, they're definitely set on changing that stigma and, and, you know, changing the way people look at it, especially first responders, obviously it's in their name, but they, they do a great job of, of approaching it in a way that speaks to us. It, it's not, you know, yoga pants and breathing techniques while you're smelling incense and, you know, all this stupid foo-foo <laughs> crap. It's, it's down and dirty, get to what we need to know and, and do what we need to be doing. And so they, they do a really good job of it for sure. And it's such a huge thing too, because it's becoming more and more prevalent in recruit training, you know, starting our recruits off with PT, with yoga type exercises, breathing exercises, you know, giving them things. I mean, when, when you and I first came through, it was, here's your SCBA, you put it on this way. Uh, don't breathe too fast because you'll run out of air and die. Uh, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a maze. Yeah. And then, good luck. Then, then put you through some mazes and just until you did die. Yeah. The, the, pretty much. That, that was it. You just, yeah. kept getting, you just kept getting hooked by the same hook or running yeah. into the same uh, uh, wall type thing. Oh, but yeah. we'll just see that as being, you know, an addition. I mean, again, we can date ourselves here, but we were barely taking our SCBA pack off going through a maze and being forced to squeeze through this little spot as opposed to someone being like, if you take it off and hold it in your left hand, you can yeah. slide through and put it back on like we're doing now. Um, those yeah, are yeah. just some of the amazing things that that forward thinking people like a, a Rick George have been doing, you know, for most of their career. And it's great to see it out there. And it's great to see it getting combined with a mental aspect. You know, because again, yeah, we can beat sure. people down and beat people down, but we have to teach them and build them back up. And I think that's a, yep. just a great slogan that you have, again, dating, going back to crew first culture and, and it's leaving it better than you found it. Right. We yeah. have to keep changing to do that. Absolutely. And they're kind of what they, they like to say is, and I'll say it, I'll read it so I don't mess it up. They're preparing your mind for where your body will have to go. And that's, I think that's a pretty good way to sum it up. And that's, Tactical Resiliency Training, TRT, is is the uh, Rick's basically company that puts it on. But yeah, that's it's a solid group. If you ever have the opportunity to take that class, you need to sign up because it's it's I great. I feel bad because I definitely have not taken it, but I don't think it's been offered <laughs> where I've gone. Let's say that I can remember. Well, it's it's still fairly new. Uh, they've done it a couple years at Mavsi. They've done it one year at uh, North Florida and one time at. Portland, I believe. And I think that may be the only 24 hour version, at least that they've done. So it's, it's still fairly new. Yeah, and it's definitely hard, you know, like when you come to taking classes and, and, and then oh, yeah. doing things like you and I do to be able to go to a conference and take a full class. Um, I'm yes. not sure in all the conferences I've been to that I've ever been able to sit through a full class. I feel like I've always gotten snippets here and there and snuck in the back and then had to go and do something yep. else. And I really, no, this is a commitment for sure. <laughs> and I feel like I really need to just go and take a whole conference and not 
agree yeah. to do anything at that con yeah. aside from take just classes. just enjoy it and be there and yeah a hundred percent not gonna effing happen like there's no <laughs> yeah. way there is just no way it's gonna fail yeah. no matter what i do but it, it's something that i really have to to strive to do more of and again to make myself better you know i have yeah. gotten to take classes don't get me wrong and i've gotten to, to learn but usually it's you know i snuck in the back of someone's class for 15 20 minutes Gave them yeah. a wave because I knew them um, and then snuck back out type of a thing. Yeah. So, all right. That's a new goal. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> really appreciate you giving me a new goal Just here. Trying to, trying to leave you some takeaways. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <Some> action points. <laughs> Give me some takeaways to hate myself more that I won't be able to do it anytime. Yeah. And I have to convince Tracy that now I'm leaving again to go and learn. Yeah. And I swear I'm not going to do all the other eight things. Wait a so as we come up to the end of our hour here, which has been epic to say the least, and I knew it was going to be, and like we said, if you're still listening, this uh, podcast was thrown together. The idea like, hey, come jump on the size up with me was to talk about that class that we didn't talk about to until like the 40 minute mark. <laughs> yeah, but that that's fine. I Honestly, if, if anybody does listen to my stuff, I have to almost be careful about talking about it too much because you know like i said the the connection i have with these guys and and that class has just it it almost draws me out and want it wants it makes me want to talk about every little thing i i i add in so if if you do want to learn more about it go over to my podcast i'm sure you'll you'll have lots to listen to so <laughs> there'll be lots of episodes and i'll throw a link down in the uh in the show notes too where you can learn some more about that where can these folks all find you jeremy if they don't know where you've been where you are so for me i try to make it pretty easy everything is is basically under crew first culture and that's with a one st the instagram and facebook and Pretty much everything is is under that. My email is crewfirstculture at yahoo.com. I have a website that's crewfirstculture.com. And so uh just any anything like that. The actually my phone number is on the website or you know, everywhere else. So it's all out anything there. you got to say, I, I enjoy discussing it and and just for whatever support that that you like to give, I appreciate it. Speaking of that support, what what kind of swag do you got? Anything anything new popping up on the swag wagon? Because man, I've had to slow people. down on that. Because uh, yeah, so we're for for those. Do you put this on YouTube? Yep, this will be on YouTube. We'll be okay. There. I was going to say for, for those of, that aren't everybody listening, I'm wearing a Crew First Culture. Shirt. <laughs> He's wearing a Five 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 Fitness shirt, and it's the Goonie <laughs> shirt, which is one of my favorite. That Goonies never say die. So one of my that. favorite shirts. Yeah. But now I had to slow down because man, I was I was uh, getting way too out of hand. So I'm trying to to slow down on the purchases of of different things and just it's hard. use what I have. <laughs> it's it's fun to me. It's just designing things. That's that's my problem. Is I enjoy it. So, <laughs> but it's a whole business in and of itself. And there are yeah, folks yeah. out there who that is their business. They run yeah. a business. They make. Yeah. And it's not. That's not me. <laughs> I've yeah. got boxes in my closet. That's my my uh, corporate office right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really hard. You know, speaking to someone who did it with a not for profit to run the not for profit and to run a swag business. Mm -hmm. 
possible. Like you just oh, you yeah. can't do you can't do everything, and trying to do that extremely well was just not feasible. Um, and it's hard. There's so many we could. That's a whole different lifestyle episode we could talk about. <laughs> Making yeah. this well. But listen, for man, sure. I cannot thank you enough for your time today. Um, go check out my good friend Jeremy at Crew First Culture. He puts out some amazing things, especially on Instagram. If you're looking for that little bit of motivation, he has some great quotes from people all over the, the world, not just the fire service that he throws up there, um, plus his own nuggets of knowledge, which are great. So this has been episode 19 of The Size Up by National Fire Radio, and we'll catch you guys next time. National Fire Radio.